0: Welcome to Flora and Friends, Your Botanical Cup of Tea, a podcast for plant lovers of any kind. We welcome guests to our botanical tea break to explore the history, science and meaning of plants for our lives. My name is Judith lundbey felten I'm a plant scientist, university researcher and founder of Flora L Design and I'm the hostess of Your Botanical Cup of Tea. Welcome back to this third episode about nasturtium that we are dedicating to meals, molecules, and medicine. In this episode, you will learn how you can use nasturtium in your cooking, how you can grow it in your garden, and what kind of molecules it contains, and how those are researched for medical purposes. In today's interview, we are going to meet Mona Prestle, who is a landscape architect that graduated from Munich University. And Mona moved to Sweden 11 years ago and has set up a cafe in Vesterbotten which is in the north of Sweden, where she both grows her own garden and she uses the plants from her garden both for decorative purposes and for seasoning her food. A little information for our listeners who are not speaking or understanding Swedish. Even though Mona and I are both from Germany, we have recorded this interview in Swedish as we also have lots of listeners from Sweden. If you don't speak Swedish, head over to 9 minutes and 10 seconds into the podcast where we'll summarize the interview. And after the summary, we are going to move into the molecules and medical use of nasturtium and some rather recent research. Nu sitter jag här med Mona i Härnshöj i Norra Sverige, och um, du har ju odlat kräsa i din trädgård och i växthuset.
1: Precis. Um, det finns ju en slinga kräsa som har väldigt långa. Skälkar kanske bara (laughs) Som blir längre och längre typ tre meter höga. Och sen finns det buskig växande krasse som bara som en liten tofs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. E- och egentligen, eh, ibland stod det nämligen fel på förpackningarna mm-hmm. och jag trodde först att jag hade en busk eh, krasse där i mitt växthus för jag ville ha det som marktäckare. Och sen plötsligt så slutade den aldrig växa så det blev som ett hav med krasse och tryckte ner alla mina tomater. Okay. Men det var ändå väldigt fint för det var mm. som ett hav av krasser där i växthuset. Mm. Mm. Sen behöver jag en hel del krasser i min verksamhet för jag dekorerar mina bakverk och min mat med, med ätliga blommor. Mm. Och då lämpar sig krasser väldigt bra.
0: Mm. Kan du beskriva jag, lite ja. mer om, om själva
1: smaken? Hur... Mm, den är ju lite stark, pepprig. Mm. Så, ja, om man inte tycker om stark mat så är det kanske inte den man ska ta. Mm. Men den är i alla fall väldigt snygg och i en sallad tycker jag passar det också väldigt bra. Mm. Precis, Men lite styrka. Mm.
0: Är det någon, någon annan smak från kanske en lite mer känd växt eller grönsak som du skulle kunna jämföra smaken med?
1: Oj. Jag tycker ju lite att det går mot pepparrot åt pepparothållet. Mm. Det passar egentligen bäst på sallader eller jag tyckte på lax. Någonting där man kanske kan ha en god pepparotsmak till kunde man byta ut. Eller till räk och jag tyckte till fisk eller kärk passar också bra. Så på en fin kärkplatta eller en fin ostbricka kan man också ha. Och tar du hela blomman
0: där eller hackar du den eller hur gör man det?
1: Precis, man plockar bara blommorna och sen själva bladet är också väldigt fint. Mm. Jag hade en sort som hade lite vita remsor i bladet så det blev som extra dekorativt. finns ju många olika sorter mm. och vissa har lite andra färger också. Mm. Sen det vackra är ju att man har olika färger på samma växt, mm. att man har Minst två olika färger. Det blir väldigt snyggt. Man får lite
0: lite mer färgglad mat då när man använder krasse som dekoration. Precis. Sen läste jag att det fanns väldigt många olika sorter av just krasse. Vet du vilka som är bäst att odla när man vill just använda dem i matlagning?
1: Det spelar egentligen ingen roll alls Det är ju mycket färg Och sen om det är buskig Eller slingekrasse Det är nog mest skillnaden i färg Och bladet, hur bladet ser ut Men det spelar ingen roll Det är ju förstås kul om man har många olika färger Men Egentligen är det inte så noga Just
0: innan vi började så sa du ju Att man kan även använda Frön här i i matlagning På vilket sätt skulle man göra det då?
1: Precis, alltså, ähm, nu måste jag erkänna att jag inte riktigt har gjort det själv för jag hade inte riktigt användning till det men jag hörde att man kan ha dem som en kapris ersättning och då skulle jag antingen ha dem i ett saltlag att man lägger dem i ett saltlag för att konservera dem mm. eller att man kokar en 1-2-3 lag mm. med, med socker socker och ett mm. för att konservera dem.
0: Vad skulle du rekommendera personer som vill använda sig av blommor i matlagning eller just krasse? Har du några tips om hur man odlar just krasse? Nu nu hade du det i växthuset, behövs det ett
1: växthus? Nej, det behövs verkligen inte. Det det är så skönt med krasse att den växer ju överallt, väldigt, väldigt lätt skött, tål, också lite torka. Och sen tål den också lite skugga Men kan också växa i solen Och om man inte har så mycket plats Som på en balkong Eller altan då, då passar det också väldigt bra mm. Så den är väldigt mångsidig mm. Om man börjar med en trädgård Börjar odla Ta krasse för då det är enkelt mm. Mm.
0: Vad gör man med fröna? Stopper man dem direkt in i jorden I, I trädgården Eller måste man förgro dem?
1: Man kan ju göra på lite olika sätt Jag gjorde i alla fall så att jag blötlagde fröna För då går det lite snabbare sen att de gro. Sen om man vill komma igång lite snabbare Så kan man förgro dem inom hus Nu i Västerbotten, då börjar ju Frosten, den går ju in till juni Så man kan ju inte riktigt ha dem Ute, eh, när det fortfarande är fara för frost för mm. de tål ju frost inte alltså, mm. kanske någon, en minusgrad fungerar nog men inte mer så man måste vänta tills frostrisken är över så antingen förgror man dem och sen sätter man ut dem då kommer de kanske igång lite snabbare eller så sätter man själva frön direkt ute. för det går ju ändå ganska fort mm. Mm. att komma igång mm. När när brukar de blomma utomhus? Alltså de börjar blomma från att de har blivit tillräckligt stora kanske början av juni tills frosten kommer. De de blommar ju jämt och du behöver egentligen inte mycket gödsel. Precis så.
0: Skulle man vilja ha blommor på maten på vintern då? Vad har man för möjligheter där?
1: Alltså man kan ju... Om man har dem nu i en kruka mm. då kan man ju ta in krukan så fort man ser att det blir eh, risk för frost. det är det frostfritt men inte alldeles för varmt. Jag tror om du har den riktigt inomhus ovanför en element, ja, jag vet inte riktigt hur bra det är. Det kan kanske också fungera ett tag. Mm. Men ja, ta in dem när du ser att mm. frostrisken är på, är på gång.
0: Ja, men det tänker jag. Det har vi Samlat på oss lite inspiration här hur man kan odla krasse och även hur man kan använda dem i matlagning. Mm. Tack så mycket. Tack själv. Julie. As a short summary of the interview for our non-swedish speaking listeners... Mona told us that uh, nasturtium has a little bit of a taste like um, horseradish and it's very well used in combination with fish for example but can also be used with meat and on top of salads. You can use different parts of the plant's uh, leaves and flowers and decorate your dishes with that. And even the seeds can be used as, and they're actually known as the poor man's capers. So you can put them into a vinegar and salt uh, solution and keep them there until they become soft and can be used as capers. Um, Mona had also some tips about how the nasturtium can be grown. So she recommended to put the seeds, uh, soak them in water, and then plant them out in the garden. They're very easily grown. Uh, They are though not frost resistant. So you can either pre-grow them before planting them out Or you can put the seeds right into your garden. And nasturtium likes a place where it's a little bit of shade and a little bit of sun. And it's flowering from July until frost comes. And if you have it in a bucket, you can also take the bucket in. So then you will conserve the plant longer. And you can use the plant even longer in your kitchen. And I would like to connect to what Mona told us about the taste of um, nasturtium because that taste is actually connected to molecules that also have an activity on the body. Um, Nasturtium is very rich in uh, glucotropioline that is a glucosinolate and those glucosinolates are very rich in crucifer vegetables so you can find them in kale and even in watercress and in broccoli um, and in Brussels sprouts. So why are there these uh, glucosinolates in plants? And why is that interesting at all for us? Well, plants need to defend themselves from herbivores that would come and chew, for example, on their leaves. And actually when they chew on their leaves, what happens is that the glucosinolates, they get in contact with an enzyme, which is a little tool that can like catalyze a reaction. And uh, this enzyme, which is called myrosinase, um, catalyzes a reaction and turns the glucosinolate into isothiocyanate. And that molecule again has a very sharp taste and that is actually the taste that you get out of the plant when you start to chew it. So that horseradish, for example, like taste, um, horseradish has also glucosinolates. There's lots of different glucosinolates in different plants and different plants have different amounts of them. So it's interesting that a chewing insect or a chewing human brings two components of the plants, the glucosinolates and the myrosinase, together to catalyze a reaction to make a new molecule. And whereas that molecule is used as a repellent for insects, in humans it can actually have health benefits when we eat it. Isothiocyanates have gained a lot of attention in research in the past years as they have been shown to have anti-cancerous activities. How would you do an experiment to actually investigate this? What researchers usually do is they take such molecules and then they um, put them into petri dishes where they culture different kind of cancer cells and they observe whether they move and whether they replicate, for example, in the same way. And researchers could show in this way that isothiocinase have um, adverse effects on cancer cells of many different types of cancers. However, there you are still in a petri dish and you are looking at applying a single molecule But uh, that's pretty far away from concluding that when you eat the plant, you would actually prevent yourself from getting cancer, especially as you're not eating the isothiocyanate. But that needs to be made still through chewing. Depends on how you cook this. Or also depends on enzymes in your gut microbiome. So it's hard to say how much you actually get into your body. So there are also studies done in in rodents, such as rats, where you would um, apply or inject these molecules or even be be able to give the rats the molecules for for ingestion. Um, And there was also um, a possibility to see some kind of anti-cancerous effects um, but really how this is in humans is still very much questioned because we are also different in the terms of machinery that we have in us and some people may be able to produce more or less of these isothiocyanates when they ingest cruciferous vegetables or nasturtium in that case. And also how the isothiocyanate is um, metabolized in our bodies is under a certain genetic control as it has been shown. So even there can be differences in the end. Also other effects of nasturtium have been discussed. It's for example rich in C-vitamin. It has antibacterial effect. So it can be used um, against, for example, human pathogens and actually back in, in history um, it was used when you had like a scar or a cat to, to, put, to put it on there because it would um, kill any kind of bacteria, not any kind but specific bacteria and it has actually in that terms of bacteria also been shown to um, be um, have adverse effects on human um, bacterial pathogens. But there again, concentration matters. Um, And finally, there are other studies done that um, investigate the effects, for example, seen in rodents that um, these molecules could lower blood tension, they could be interfering with the lipid metabolism and lower the risk for obesity. Um, They also stimulate the production of antioxidants in the body. So there can be a large variety of effects, but always it depends on the dosage that you take in and that depends on the amount you eat, but also may depend on other factors. And one of the factors that especially is important about the isothiocyanates is how you cook your food when it comes to nasturtium. Um, The myrosinase that is required for isothiocyanate production inside the plant when you cut it um, is heat degraded. So when you would cook your food, when you take your broccoli or your brussels sprouts or your kale and cook it, you lower the possibility actually for these enzymes to release the isothiocyanate. However, in our body, in the human gut, we have bacteria that can convert the glucosinolates also into isothiocyanates because they have also a myrosinase enzyme. However, that's happening much later in our digestive system and it may also not be as efficient as if you do this processing right when you basically uh, eat the vegetables or when you cook them. So uh, the best way for conserving this or for, for reaching a maximum amount of isothiocyanates to be ingested with your food would be in that way to uh, not cook the food so much or just cook it very shortly or for example to season it with fresh leaves and flowers of nasturtium in that case. When you have broccoli and kale you may want to cook it still but uh, cook it a little less. Also, add a little tip here, um, if you compare the content of uh, glucosinolates in different cruciferous vegetables, um, Brussels sprouts is one of these real vegetables that has a lot. But when you compare Brussels sprouts, about 40 gram of Brussels sprouts has as many glucosinolates as 25 gram of nasturtium. So adding a little nasturtium to your food will probably increase the amount of isothiocyanates that you will absorb with your food. Of course, eating the plants is one way, but also for medical purposes, growing the plants, extracting these molecules, using the plant more as um, a production side of these molecules is, of course, also interesting. And there's a lot of um, drugs that are developed and extracted from plants in order to enrich them so that we really get up to a level where you would see any effects inside the human body because it has to go through a lot of different steps so that the active molecules are actually still present and you need to deliver the right dosage at the right time to the right tissue in order to accomplish the desired effect with some, any kind of drugs basically. So in the end of this episode, you may ask me, well, Judith, should we now all eat nasturtium and will that increase our lifespan? Well, I'm not so sure about that. But I think if you consider that being outside in your garden, growing plants, having that mindful moment of looking at them, and maybe you look at them a little bit more carefully, in the dusk, in a July night. And you see if you can see the flickering flowers that we discussed about in our first episode. And then taking in the food and cutting in, smelling it, eating it, making it a little bit special by using nasturtium as a spice. Well, why not? And if it enhances any kind of beneficial effects that your food can have, that is for certain a beneficial side effect that you don't want to miss out on. So with this we are concluding this uh, mini series on nasturtium from our historical to the botany to the today the more practical and medical parts. If you want to be sure to not miss out on the start of our new series of episodes on a new type of plant in about two weeks, then sign up for our newsletter on www.flora-l.com and we'll be informing you in your inbox. About this episode, if you would like to see and visit Mona's Cafe in Westerbotten. I'm going to put the link to Prestel's Treigorts Cafe in the show notes and you will also find some recipe ideas for cooking with nasturtium in the same place and on our blog. With that I say thank you and goodbye and see you again in two weeks.